Are you ready to make positive transformation happen for you? Today, you're going to hear how some of the most successful people in the world have made it happen. Hello, and welcome to Transformational Energy Leadership with Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey. These successful people and Dr. Woolsey will share advice, insights, tips, and tricks designed to help you incite personal action. It's time to bring positive transformational leadership to your life. Now, here's your host, Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey. Welcome to Transformational Energy Leadership. I am your host, Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey, coming to you live from New Orleans, Louisiana. And today's show is called Lead with Presence and Courage. Now, before we get started, just a reminder, during the commercial breaks, you can go to my website. That's transformationalenergyleadership.com, where you can learn more about me and my business offerings. And if you want to contact me, you can email me at mwolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. Of course, you can go to the Voice America and look me on up under the empowerment channel and I'm on social media that's both LinkedIn and Facebook so to the listening audience this is a live show if you've got a comment or a question please feel free to engage now today we're talking about leading with presence and courage and joining me is Sarah Harvey Yao. She's the founder and president of Yao Consulting Group. And Sarah is also the author of Get Present, Simple Strategies to Get Out of Your Head and Lead More Powerfully. And her most recent publication, of which today's show is centered on, is called Drop In, Lead with Deeper Presence and Courage. Our conversation today will and is squarely focused on deep presence and the transformative powers it can have in both your leadership effectiveness and the quality of your life. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Thanks for having me. Happy to be Great here to today. Yes, it's awesome to have you, and you're from my home state, Washington, where I think oh, it's raining. You said. It might not <laughs> be as fun as New Orleans, so. No, no, we've got a lot. We've got a swamp tour planned for the day, so I need to. I need to get this show going. <laughs> so, Sarah, for the listening audience, you and I go way back to the early '90s, where you and I were at Washington State University, and we were part of a new leadership, emerging leadership program for students across all organizations. And for me, it truly was the a big eye opener in so many ways because we were challenged to think about leadership and and really I think it was a nice springboard for my career and the listening audience will hear your career as well. So Sarah, tell me what the heck have you been up to since the nineties? <laughs> don't say it. Don't say it. <laughs> uh, that class was amazing. I look back on my college college career and I had some fantastic classes, but that one stands out by far. And that I get to meet people like you, um, and then we get to circle back years, years later. <laughs> see <laughs> that we're both playing in the same space. It's really, really fun. Um, well, I, I grew up with leadership all around me. My dad was a was an executive of a um, of a company, and so I just kind of grew up around leadership. But um, so it felt a little bit like second nature. But then in my years after college, it really was it became my own journey. What, is, what does leadership mean to me? And, of course, started early in my career seeing um, what ugly leadership <laughs> looks like or maybe not so effective <laughs> leadership, so you take notes of what not to do. Uh, and I ended up going through, um, through training, the, the kind of the career track of, of training, corporate training, doing internal corporate training, and then um, dedicated to leadership development really early on in my career doing training and, um, and internal coaching and interventions and support with inside an organization. And then being part, 
because of um, in HR, I realized, wow, I can only have a certain level of conversation when I have a real propensity to talk about what actually needs to be talked about. So um, I left about 15 years ago my, my last corporate job and started my own uh, leadership development company, and that's what I've been doing ever since. I, basically, you and I wrote the same <laughs> the same book. It seems like we both went down that same path, and <laughs> it's really fun. Who would have known back then? But let's get to your book. The name of it is called Drop In, and in there you talk a lot about presence. And off the bat, let's just talk about what do you really mean by presence? Mm, that's that's a great question. Um, presence. For me, and, and there are many wisdom teachers that talk about this too, it's, it's the um, concept of being fully present in the moment, being on purpose, really bringing your full attention to the experience you're having right now. And that includes what's happening externally of you, but also, and maybe even more importantly, what's happening internally. What are my feelings? What are my body sensations? What are the thoughts going through my head? What, um, what are the impulses that, I, that I'm feeling or, um, or the actions that want to come? And so this idea of, wow, could I bring my full attention to my internal experience so that I could navigate the external experience with more effectiveness? And how is it different? I mean, we hear the concept of mindfulness, meditation. How is this different from that? Yeah, it's, it's a wonderful and slightly loaded question in a good way. Um, <laughs> I always say presence and mindfulness are two doorways into the same room. Um, and, and the wisdom teachers that I learned from, mindfulness, the practice of mindfulness is bringing your full attention to the moment, to, to, you know, to whatever you're experiencing. So if, if you've had any experience with mindful, um, mindfulness, they'll do mindful walking or mindful eating or meditation where you're bringing your full attention and focusing it on a certain thing, like the raisin, where we mindfully eat the raisin. Um, and mindfulness is a really, really powerful and important tool. And eventually, when, when the mind becomes um, flexible and focused enough and practiced enough in mindfulness, there is a time and a path uh, where you can actually let the focused focus go um, and just open up to really whatever is actually happening. So mindfulness still has some version of, of um, effort to it or activity to it. And then eventually, I think, um, when people get a little bit later into their practices, there's moments of just, you know, pure, just pure being where they're not efforting at all. Mm. It's just completely being, just being. Yeah. 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 It's, it's still fully aware, but just really without, without effort, without um, trying to do or be anything else in the, except in that moment. And that sounds like a huge glass of water to, to consume when you think about the way we our lifestyles are just designed to run, 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 you know? Oh, yeah. We're constantly doing that. And in fact, I mean, your life, when I read your book, I was really surprised. And I'll have you, I want you to share that with the listening audience. Because when I read your book, 
I went, oh, Sarah, I remember there was a point in my career where I crashed. It was back in 2010 where I was running myself on the ground and my health declined. I had terrible eczema and you know, I, I had to transform my life basically. And so for you, you had a wake-up call 10 years ago. Would you mind sharing that with the, with the listeners? Yeah. Yeah, and I, honestly, pretty much every professional I've ever talked to has their version of this story. But, it, you know, life has a way of, of guiding you. <laughs> That's my belief. And um, it was 10 years ago. I had uh, my, my children were, were quite small, um, or quite young, I should say, and small. And I was you know, really fully building this business, and I was constantly going. Um, my career at that time, I was in a really kind of a peak of um, deliverables and speaking and really kind of high-profile projects, well, felt high-profile to me. Um, and the whole time, that whole month of October of 2008, I had this kind of just low-grade respiratory cold and, and a cough I couldn't quite, couldn't quite shake. And I remember feeling really tired, but almost instantly when I would feel notice the tiredness, there was a, there was a voice that would just be like, just, you don't have time for this, go. Just, you got to get on to the next thing. And I remember driving my mind, driving home, and my mind would be constantly either trying to figure out what just happened at that last meeting, why did that guy just look at me that way, or why didn't they say this, and or my mind would be on the next speaking gig, what am I going to say there, what am, what am I going to wear, oh my gosh, what am I going to wear, and then, uh, oh, what are we having for dinner, Where, how's, my, how's my son doing in kindergarten, and then I, I remember vis- viscerally feeling my mind go everywhere. Um, and at the end of the month, I had my last speaking, big speaking deliverable, and it was um, for about 1,200 people in front of Microsoft. It was right before their then CEO, Steve Ballmer, came on the stage. So it's you know, a fairly high-profile uh, speaking opportunity. And um, here's a little preview. The title of the <laughs> keynote was Succeeding Without Side Effects. Huh. Okay, <laughs> keep on going, yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, life's humorous that way. So uh, delivered it, it went well, came home. I, I literally just crashed. I remember crashing that night. And um, it was the second day after, after that speaking gig. I woke up, um, and I went to take a drink of water, and the water dribbled down my, my cheek. I was like, oh, that, that was weird. So then I went to wipe the water away, and I touched my face, and I couldn't feel anything. I couldn't feel, like, you know, like when you had Novocaine? I right. couldn't feel the entire right side of my face. You must have just been, yeah. <laughs> I freaked out. <laughs> went to the doctor, um, and she said, oh, yes, you have Bell's palsy. And I had never heard of Bell's palsy. And it is a um, a virus that is um, that paralyzes one side of your face. And she said, "Well, in good cases, this will last about three to four months, and in some cases, it's permanent." Wow. Yeah, and I, I knew it instantly. I'm like, "Okay, I life life is now has gotten my full attention." And it was it was a long series of acupuncture appointments and working with my naturopath and resting and stopping. Um, and I, I was luckily able to heal. 
Um, but I remember I took a picture. I took a selfie of myself because I'm like, I know I'm going to be talking about this someday. This is a pivotal moment for me. I can no longer pretend that the way I was working, which was pretty much on autopilot, where my mind is constantly racing, I can no longer pretend that that's working. And the beautiful thing about life is that it led me to my own personal journey around presence. I didn't really know what presence was or, you know, I'd heard of it, but um, it, it led me to working with so many wonderful teachers and, a, and really a deep, deep personal transformation journey for myself first. And then and for, I've been able to bring what I've learned on my journey to my clients. Wow. I mean, it's such a, a monumental point in your life. And then from there, when I read your book, you went off to Hawaii and really mm-hmm. dove into this thing called presence. And clearly it's yeah. it's impacted you. What I need to do, we're, we're coming up on a commercial break. And when we come back, what I want to do is have us, let's, let's circle this now into leadership and talk about what is the common pitfalls or things that you find as you're engaging and working with leaders in the work that you do. So let's do that. Stay tuned during the commercial break. Go to my website, that's transformationalenergyleadership.com, or you can learn more about me, and we will come back here in two minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Being Here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration that opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss Being Here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 p.m. Eastern Time with award-winning authors Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the Empowerment Channel. learn to see things from a spiritual perspective. It changes the way you see virtually everything in your life. Listen for Dr. Paula Joyce and her program, Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Our program will help you get rid of the negative aspects of your life and invite love, joy, and prosperity into your life. Turn that negative feeling into a positive one. Tune in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Inspired, encouraged, and connected on our lively, award-winning, healthy living power hour, Star Style. Be the star you are with host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune in to the Power Party for positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. Visit StarStyleRadio.com. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You are tuned in to Transformational Energy Leadership. To reach Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey or his guest today, you are welcome to call in to 1-888-346-9141. 
That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, send it to mwolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. Now, back to this week's show. And we're here. Welcome back. And today I'm joined by Sarah Harvey Yao. And she's a founder and president of Yao Consulting Group. And she's also the author of Get Present, Simple Strategies to Get Out of Your Head and Lead More Powerfully. And her most recent publication, of which we're talking about today, is called Drop In, Lead with Deeper Presence and Courage. Now, before the break, Sarah, you and I were talking about what got you to this place, doing now this whole concept of presence and how you had that pivotal turning moment in your life 10 years ago and how your body just said that's enough Sarah this is it you need to take care of yourself and so from there let's let's talk about and and link this all to leadership and when you're working with leaders what do you find to be oh some of the biggest pitfalls that leaders fall into today yeah and I'm excited to answer that question. And and just for me, when I talk about leaders, I really talk about anybody who has the opportunity to influence another person. So I think often we can can fall into the trap of of thinking that leaders need to be the formal or positional leaders. But really, if we think about everybody, (laughs) you know, we are, we're all have the ability to impact others. And so this, this becomes much more of a, of a human conversation and, and the answers or the the pitfalls that we all as, as people fall into. But um, of course I I work mostly with executives and um, (laughs) in many ways, my own, my own journey into presence, this, this, my mind racing, sort of being on autopilot, not listening to my body, not listening to the subtle cues, that those were just being reflected in the people that I was working with. Um, this is what we do as humans, particularly for those of us who have extremely full plates at work and home. There is a level of just running what I call on autopilot, and what that means is really just... Um, habitually thinking, feeling, and behaving essentially the same way. And in in my book, Drop In, I I reference a a study that that the human brain or humans, we have about 70,000 thoughts a day. I don't know who measured that. (laughs) We have about 70 thoughts a day. And here's the kicker. 90% of them are the same day after day after day. And that's, my friend, autopilot. And if you think about how you wake up every day, that you probably wake up at the same time, do this exact same thing, put your toothbrush in the exact same spot, take the shower the exact same way, drink the exact same coffee, drive the exact same way to work, we are, you know, there, there's essentially autopilot, right? Where we're just sort of doing things automatically. Makes perfect there's, sense. What? It makes perfect sense. I mean, you know, we were talking about mindfulness a couple of weeks ago, and I had a guest on talking about growth mindset. And it really dovetails nicely to what you're saying is that we're conditioned, we're pre-programmed to make things, do things simply, right, and and the most efficient way possible. And then we just keep adding that on layer after layer after layer after layer, like what you're saying in the activities we do habitually without even thinking about it. Yes. Makes perfect sense. So there is an efficiency to it. There, there's a reason that the brain has sort of been set up that way. But when it starts, um, when it cuts us off 
from what is actually happening. Or it cuts us off from an ability to respond in productive ways. Then that's where autopilot becomes a problem. And real specifically, um, where I see a huge pitfall with leaders is how they react to things um, from a, a generally, you know, reactive, emotional reactivity. Mm-hmm. So they'll be in a meeting, some something or someone will speak up, and without really have heard, you know, not with, they didn't really hear them, and instead just reacted. Um, and either that was either to drive the agenda, that was either to shut them down or to agree with them, but there was some level of instant reactivity um, where I have from that place, like also where they just really weren't listening or they were failing to see some of the subtleties or details or failing to connect at a human level, then uh, I have seen so much rework happen from that Um, just real cost to people burning out and being stressed and also leaving companies because they do not feel valued or seen or heard or or being able to um, contribute. So this this idea that, wow, we're on autopilot and we just walk into meetings, we don't even really know what meeting we're in, then we react emotionally and then we leave and we're cut off from ourselves, we're cut off from each other, and we're cut off from the, the, real, um, the real work challenge that's in front of us. We're never, mm-hmm. definitely not bringing our creative selves when we're on autopilot. And then we go home, rinse and repeat, get up and do the uh-huh. same thing. <laughs> yes. One of, our, one of my guests several weeks ago, her name is Stephanie Bickle, and we were talking about executive presence. And she said one of the first things that leaders can do is get the phrase got it out of your vocabulary and start to wow. listen. Yeah. Stop saying got it. And, you know, th- this segues nicely into my – I have another question for you because you do talk so much about – in your book, Drop In, you talk about deep listening and what it, what is it really. And you say in there, quote, unquote, it's one of the purest expressions of presence and that our ability as a culture – we, we just simply, we don't slow down. We don't truly listen. And it's at an all-time low. So that's great. Give us some tips. What can we do so that we're demonstrating deep listening? Well, I just demonstrated it right there. I just took a breath. <laughs> I, I knew that's what you were doing. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't trying to be all clever with that. But that, that is, it's, uh, if we really think about how fast-paced our environment is, and how we're rewarded for um, efficiency and productivity and getting more done. It really is a setup for us to miss so much, right? Miss so much about what's happening with ourselves, like I was in 2008, and so much, we miss so much about what is what either the project issues are and more, even more importantly, the relationships and the, the real issues that our coworkers or um, loved ones are bringing to us. So one of the single most effective ways to, um, to improve relationships and to improve um, our results is to slow down and really listen, really deeply, truly listen. Um, and this, <laughs> this can be um, a relatively challenging thing because we're conditioned to, to move quickly. And so it is simply, the, you know, just a very, very quick tip is that your breath, it happens automatically. It's
and it's happening all the time. So it's a really great anchor to focus in on um, when, when you need or want to slow down. And I know it sounds really counter-logical, this idea of I might be more effective if I just take a pause, but uh, I've seen time and time and time again that far better results come from people who are fully engaged and present and really listening than those who are, are moving too quickly or on autopilot. I love in your book you talk about, because everything that you're talking about here, I'm just envisioning myself when I was in meetings and didn't really listen. And part of that's because it's just the emotional portion of the brain is operating and we don't have the access to that higher level of, of thinking. And mm-hmm. we get hijacked. We've talked about that before. Your brain gets hijacked. And so I love the the tip, take a deep breath. Take a couple of them. That really helps. And you also, in your book, though, you talk about some other things, like, for example, body scan. Mm-hmm. Talk more about that. Yeah. The, uh, the, this idea of deep listening, I always say it's, to, it's for yourself first. Listen to yourself first, then to others. It's always this inward out um, uh, concept. But the body scan, really, I mean, it's, it's actually very simple, but um, and you can even do this in a meeting when you're bored, people, <laughs> is to just tune in. Like, how am I feeling? How am I doing? And I tend to start from my head, and I imagine, just like a scanner, I'm just like, wow, what's going on in there? Wow, how are my shoulders feeling? I'm moving down my body a little bit. Wow, they're a little tight, so I can move them around. Huh, how's my chest? How's my breath? Oh, yeah, look, I have a heartbeat. Oh, oh, my my breath is a little tight. Huh, I'm just going to see if I can bring a little bit more breath in there. And I just keep moving it all the way down my body until I can feel my feet firmly on the ground. And it doesn't take very long. It can take a minute or two, or it can take as long as you want it to, but it, it can be done relatively quickly. But this is a way of checking in with yourself, no matter where you are, to just get more information, right? That, that's mm-hmm. basically the whole point of presence is to get some more information, to create a pause so that I can be at choice about my next move. When mm-hmm. we're on autopilot, there's no choice. We're just going. It's just an automatic, you know, from A to B. But with presence, we're interrupting it. We're interrupting that, that pattern and saying, wow, look, my chest is a little tight. Huh. Now I'm a choice. Wow. What do I want to do with that information? And so it's, that, it that sounds, be- no, I, I, I love this because it's common sense what you're saying. It's not something that we can't do. And what you, what you just demonstrated is you take a breath. What was that? 10 seconds, do a body scan. It could be 30 seconds. It could be five minutes. But what you're saying is, is when we, we disrupt what we know and how we live and, and really get in that moment of presence, it, it, re, it reboots you in a way. Yeah, or at least you have a chance to reboot yourself. <laughs> you yeah. Know? yeah, right. At least, and you know, at least you have a fighting chance to do something differently. But until you have some presence and bring your attention fully to the moment, you're, you do not have a choice. And, um, and it absolutely can be a, a reboot for sure. I've got all sorts of ideas of, of other ways to do that, but I don't want to, um, I don't want to 
hijack our conversation too. Oh, right, right. <laughs> well, we're that's quite all right. And you know what I'd like to do here? We've got about a minute before the break, but I want to make this one comment, and that is, if I was a listener listening to our conversation. My first response is, yeah, that's great. This sounds really good, but I'm rewarded for multitasking. In fact, jobs recruit and even say, how are you at multitasking, Sarah? Mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. just sounds counterintuitive. Why is it all backwards? Yeah, yeah we have it totally backwards. Um, and newsflash, if you haven't already seen the studies, there is no such thing as multitasking. Um, and our brains are only built to switch from one task to another. And there's all sorts of interesting information about how hard <laughs> this idea mm. of multitasking is. So I love to turn multitasking on its ear a little bit and um, challenge people to say, well, if you, if you think you're really good at multitasking, what would happen if you brought your full presence to one task at a time? And I, oh, I invite people to just either try it for a day or a week and see what their experience is. And I'll just fast forward. It's almost always um, people are blown away by how much more they got done because they brought their full attention to one project or one task at a time. It's amazing. <laughs> people it think is. Drive and text. No, you cannot. Well, say, Sarah, we're, we're here at a break. So when we come back, we'll pick up the conversation and, and go a little bit deeper, deeper. So listening audience, stay tuned. We'll be back here in two minutes. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Have you left the cage that held you back but find yourself in the wild of your life wondering, what do I do now? I'm Dr. Lisa Cooney, and today I'm going to give you the tools to answer that question. Regardless of the issue, your choices of the past no longer need to haunt you. You have the power to change that and to create from a space of fun and ease. How different can your life be? Find out. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, noon Central, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Do we really have a full understanding as to why we do certain things and function the way that we do? There are many different aspects of trauma, and you can learn more about them and how to overcome the symptoms by tuning in to Trauma Talk with host Ezrina Rose Scott. On Trauma Talk, Ezrina and her special guest experts and clients will discuss the different results of trauma and some effective methods in resolving and healing from them. Listen live every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. Do you sometimes feel powerless over your own life? Does it seem like you're living for someone else, unsure of what your purpose is, or if you even have an important voice? It's time to take back that control. Tune in to Empowered with Des and Jen. They've been in the same place and have learned to regain control of their lives. They also feature amazing guests who share experiences of how they have found success. Start on your journey by listening Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Transformational Energy Leadership. 
To reach Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey or his guest today, you are welcome to call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, send it to mwoolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. Now, back to this week's show. And we are back today. We are talking about leading with presence and courage. And I'm joined by a good friend and colleague, Sarah Harvey Yao. She's the founder and president of Yao Consulting Group. And she's also the author of a, of a couple of books about presence and leadership. And that's why we have her here today. So, Sarah, in the last segment of the show, we talked about the importance of slowing down and really listening at a time when it's really at an all-time low. We just don't really listen, period. And let's take this a little bit further and dig into this. In your book, you talk about accessing your courageous gut. Mm-hmm. Expand more on that. Yeah. When we're on autopilot, we really aren't, we don't have access to some of our, our most valuable resources. Just from a brain perspective, we don't have access to, to our higher functioning brain when we're on autopilot. We're not we're in our limbic system and not in our, in our prefrontal cortex or frontal lobe. But um, probably even more important is that we're cut off from our, our, our gut sense, our sense of, of wow, what's, what's being asked of me or what's actually happening in this conversation. And so, so many times I've seen leaders be cut off from making bold statements, doing, taking a risk, or doing the right thing in many situations because they were on autopilot. And our autopilot, by the way, is all about survival and wants to keep us safe. That's the unconscious, uh, unconscious limbic system. That, that, that's what it's all about. So, of course, that when we're on autopilot, it doesn't want to do anything differently. It doesn't want to step out. It doesn't want to change or push or go against the grain. But as leaders, that's in many ways our job. We have to have enough internal stability and clarity to be able to make the tough calls, to be able to point the, the project in a different direction, or to just do things differently than they've been done before. And, and you yeah. cannot access courage and your gut sense without being fully present. Makes it, makes it, I, I was just thinking when you talk about the courageous gut, part of me thinks is that, is that also in alignment with intuition? Yeah, I, um, I do talk about it, that kind of that intuitive sense. And I think um, sometimes I don't, I don't always talk about intuition uh, right out front because I think a lot of people have varying um, <laughs> feelings and con- been conditioned about what intuition is. And by the way, intuition uh, can feel a little tricky for someone who's not familiar with, with being present because there's mm-hmm. instinct, which is, I think, a reactive uh, response, and then there's intuition. But yeah, absolutely. Like, I don't know, some, the, most of my clients are actually very intuitive people when they, um, when they start working with this concept of autopilot versus presence. They find themselves to be, you know, have these ideas out of the blue or just sort of had a knowing in the room to ask a certain thing. But they couldn't have done that without this working with these ideas of, of autopilot and presence. Mm. And it takes courage, right? It takes courage 
to stop and to slow down, even that mm-hmm. takes a lot of courage to go against what we've been conditioned to do. Right, that good old conditioning. In you know, in yeah. the coaching world, one of the hallmarks of of coaching is when when we're working with clients. There are three different ways we we have information or we have access when we're in those moments. And you've already touched on them. There's that emotional part that tends to be pre- prevalent in most situations. Once you're you've got that under control, then there's the other piece. There's the logic side of us, and then there's the intuitive side and we call it whole logic thinking where you when all three of those are at play that's when you're really at your best and what you're saying is you can't have all three if you if you are present with yourself absolutely absolutely and in many ways it comes down to do we have the courage to create a little bit more space in our calendars create a little bit more space in our conversations create a little bit more space for myself to listen you know, to really listen. If I would have done that, if I would have created a little bit more space for myself back in 2008, I would have tuned in to how tired I was. And I, my intuition was telling me, I just didn't listen. You didn't listen. And, and then my body made sure I paid attention. <laughs> the bo- the okay, body has a way. way of doing that. <laughs> it sure does, doesn't it? You know, if you're, you're up for it, we've got a caller coming in from Denver. We've got Laura, right. Laura on the line. Welcome to the show, Laura. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Matt. Thank you so much. Um, as a leader, I find I can't escape from what Sarah's calling running on autopilot at 2 a.m. I mean, mm. it feels like I'm in a bad pattern. It's familiar to me. It's not positive. And I'm just wondering if you have any any suggestions for me. Oh, yeah. so me, me good. too, Sarah. <laughs> um, thank you. Thank you for asking the question. This is, um, sleep tends to be one of the most popular topics I work with <laughs> my clients. Um, and at, at 2 a.m. or, you know, 4 a.m., whatever time it is that you wake up, I'm, I'm assuming your mind is racing uh, or, or just busy. It's processing. And the mind um, needs time to process. Our minds were never built to go... 24/7 like they they do now. They were they were built built to have times of rest. And so generally what's happening at 2 a.m. is that that's about the only time that your that your nervous system has um, slowed down enough for your mind to process what's been happening or to you know to be <laughs> to to go, right? So, um, and our minds and our bodies are Biofeedback, they, they, they reinforce each other. So very quick tool for two in the morning um, is when, when our mind is racing, it tends to send our bodies the message that something's wrong. Mm-hmm. And so instead of believing that something's wrong or bringing all of our attention to our mind, what you could do is take some really deep, slow breaths. And when your body receives more oxygen, it sends a message to your mind that everything's okay. And then that, then your mind's like, oh, we have oxygen, we're okay. Maybe I don't need to worry so much or be on so much. And then your mind rests a little bit and it gives the, your body uh, the feedback that it's okay. So this idea of two in the morning, what I think often happens is that we then give all of our attention to what's happening in our mind and we want it to be different. And so we start wrestling with it. Instead, um, being mindful like, oh, yep, 
there's my mind again. Yep, it's 2 a.m. again. I'm just, it's okay. I'm not going to try to make that different, but I am just going to see if I can soothe and relax my nervous system by taking some deep breaths or even getting up and having a cup of tea, but any way to soothe the nervous system. Oh, I love um, that. So that's yeah. at 2 in the morning. So it's, but, it's uh, a... Yeah, it's a two-part process. Don't believe that something's wrong. Um, and then take those slow, deep breaths that might even lead to a cup of tea. It's, um, there's so many things you have said that I wish I knew, but the running on auto- autopilot is where I'm at right now, and the idea of listening to my body. You've made me realize today, Sarah, I've got to listen much, much sooner, oh. like ask questions of my environment so much sooner that might even prevent the 2 a.m. thing. Very helpful. Mm. I'm so, so glad. And the other kind of part to this is adding in space in your day for your nervous system to to relax and settle down. Um, And in both of my books, I have a lot of tips for that. But but I love that you're present enough to listen to the show and, and to receive the message. And you're on the journey like every other human on this planet. And so uh, I, I, I commend you for just um, being awake enough to hear and then being courageous enough to take some steps. Yeah. Thank you so Thank much. You. Sounds like you might have helped Matt, too. Yes, I'm sitting here breathing. Thanks. <laughs> I help myself. I, I, we teach this because I have to remember this, too. Thanks for calling in, Laura. Thank you. I appreciate the call. And I, you know, I love it because what you're saying, Sarah, is you're saying use your body for you. Use your body to help have that intervention for yourself and not let it run you, <laughs> if I got yeah. that right. 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 It's, it's a tool. It's a, it's, a, um, it's a feedback tool. It's not mm-hmm. something that we have to get over. Um, and we don't have to work it despite our body. Um, our body is actually fully capable of, of um, guiding us. And it's just a matter of, of how are we supporting? supporting Use our higher that. level. Right. That yeah. higher level thinking. Say, before we go to break, I want to ask you because I'm, I talk about energy. <clears throat> In fact, her comment, Laura's comment about getting rest. And you said that's, that's, the, that's what we need. And so this show is all about energy. And how does, you know, before we go to break, how does all this link together? Why is this so important for leaders? Oh. It's counter-logical. It's counter-conditioning, counter to what we've been conditioned to believe. But presence um, is actually incredibly energizing. Um, Believe it or not, we were born as fully present beings. We did not come in thinking. We did not come into this world worrying or anxious or strategizing. We came in as fully present beings. And throughout our lifetimes, we're conditioned out of that or conditioned to think we're not that. But the reason presence is so life-giving is because it's our natural state. And again, it's counter-logical to, wow, if I could pause, if I could tune into the present moment, wow, how is that going to make, it, how is that going to make me better? Mm-hmm. And, um, and it, I, I can't say... Um, <laughs> Other than you just got to try it to, you know, believe it, uh, try it before you believe it. Um, Mm -hmm. But this idea that being present actually helps you gather your energy. And then from that place of gathered energy, then you can move forward. And it's, um, 
vitality and a sense of, of clarity are all really, really consistent results of being present. I really love the way you phrase that. The presence is our natural state. And so we need to embrace that. And I, I love it because words create worlds. And it's the way that you framed it now, you've really got me really thinking about this in an entirely different way. And I think that's a good way place to stop. And we'll come back here in, in about two minutes. And what I'd like to do is, is have you recap the key things that we need to take away from today. And so for the listening audience, go back to my website, transformationalenergyleadership.com. We will see you back here in two minutes. us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. The White House doctor makes house calls. Listen every week for House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. Dr. Connie has served as the White House physician under three U.S. presidents. Now she joins the Voice America Empowerment Channel to help you enrich yourself physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Our guests will include professionals from a variety of fields who will bring you tips that you can apply to your own life. Listen for House Calls with Dr. Connie every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Many of us define our lives by what has already happened. It's a past tense series of events. Do you long for something else? You don't have to live solely in this reality. Tune in for To Win Within with host Strom Thomason. Strom and his guests are here to introduce you to your true self. It's time to emerge from your box and take a beautiful journey of self-love and discovery. You'll find yourself exactly where you need to be. To Win Within airs live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Are you ready to tackle the rules of business? You may think you're doing everything by the book, following your own best practice beliefs, bringing in endless consultants, only to find that your business is not moving forward. That's where you need to stop and figure out where things are going wrong. Enter Business Rules with host Peter Feinstein. Peter and his guests will break it all down for you to help you and your business succeed. Listen Wednesdays at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Transformational Energy Leadership. To reach Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey or his guest today, you are welcome to call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, send it to mwoolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to the show. Now, today's conversation is about leading with presence and courage. And I've got Sarah Harvey Yao with me today. She's a leader and expert in this particular area, critical to the effectiveness of every person listening. And that's every leader, every person. It's a human thing that we're talking about. Now, Sarah, at the very end, we had a caller call in. We were talking about stress and then we got into energy. And I want to bring this full circle to transformational leadership and how all this fits into being a transformative leader. Yeah. I mean, transformation, if we think about it, is to really change, right? Is to really, and hopefully for the, for the better, 
but transformation is about evolving or changing. And leaders cannot be, make transform, uh, transformational uh, decisions or um, make transformations in their organization if they're operating from autopilot. Autopilot is status quo. It is the same all the time. So, so many, um, it's so, so important for, for leaders to understand that the transformation has to happen internally first. The transformation of how we relate to ourselves and relate to the present moment needs to, to shift before we are equipped and stable and ready enough to make that transformation in our external worlds. Mm-hmm. To get us back to that, would you call it our natural state? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah our us... natural state of presence. That and then is you have... who we are at the core. Yes, and, and then we have access to make the most informed, robust decisions, period. Mm-hmm. And... Right, right. You know, let's do a quick recap because this hour has flown by. You and I have been commenting during commercial breaks about how fast the time is going. I feel like we could have several. (laughs) We could talk all day about this. Let's (laughs) let's, let's remind everyone of the journey we've been through over the course of this hour. In the beginning, we started our conversation. We talked about presence period what how it differentiates how it's similar to mindfulness but it's different and you really gave us some real context and texture about presence and then we talked about some of the biggest pitfalls that you see leaders falling into as you step back what's what's our key takeaway from that first part of our conversation yeah and i wouldn't even worry so much about the difference between mindfulness and presence right now it's the idea of of bringing our full attention to what is happening in the moment and the moment that we ask ourselves, am I present? Like, wow, what's going on? How am I doing? What do I need right now? All of those questions immediately move you from an unconscious state to a more conscious state. So the, the great thing is even the simplest question of how am I doing or am I present right now sets you up to be a bit more present than you were. And so if you can focus on as many of those moments of remembering your natural state of presence during the day, then that's going to get you on the right path. And the, one of the best ways you can support yourself at, at a tactical level is to not worry about um, uh, multitasking, this idea of I'm going to do one thing at a time, which might even look like going to a meeting without your electronics. A lot of my clients go to meetings now with an old-school pad, pad of paper and a pen, and they are blown away by how different those meetings are for them and for the people that they're leading. Wow. Yes, that's right. <laughs> I know. It's very <laughs> crazy. <laughs> right. It's, but you're right. When you have to... When you get those distractions away, it's amazing how your mind starts to have clarity. It's just... It's... It sounds so obvious, but we still allow ourselves to be run around. You know, in the second segment of the show, we were talking about, in your book, you talked about listening is the purest expression of presence. Mm-hmm. And and it kind of, and it, not kind of, it does link back to what you were just saying, too, is that we're rewarded for multitasking, and we simply just can't do it. So really listening to others is the purest, the the purest expression, and then we talked about some tips and tricks on how to get ourselves present with the the breaths and body scan. What is it that you want us to, to remember as you think about that part of our conversation? That um, listening, well, for for so much of us uh, as we're moving from autopilot to presence, 
the first part of the journey is really about training our mind and training our attention. And so listening is one tool you can use to help train your attention and focus. So it's springtime right now, and one of the, the things I do to just, just help myself be present and remember is to just listen outside. It's just for a few minutes, but the birds are chirping, um, even the airplanes going by or the wind moving through the wind chimes. All of the, the sounds and the listening, the things we can listen to around us is really powerful, and it's about these moments of training our attention. And mm. when you get good at that, then you can also bring your full attention to other people and what they're saying, um, and then also tuning into listening to yourself. What they're saying and or not saying, and you exactly, yeah. Exactly. And when you're in your that... body, will give you all sorts of information. When you're fully listening, your body is giving you feedback about, wow, what's the energy here? What's not being said? What's going on? Mm-hmm. Yes, the body has a way. You, so what you keep saying it, and I love it is, allow your body to en- enable you to help you, and it will give you messages that you're not paying attention to. You know, in terms of the the last (laughs) segment and going into this one here, we were talking about accessing your courageous gut and how this feeds into energy and being transformational as a leader. What's the key, Tate? What's the headline for us there? You, You can't lead from autopilot, and it takes courage to stop and be present um, and and from from a place of courage and awareness, then you can be the kind of leader you really want to be. Stop and be present. Awesome, awesome headlines for us. Sarah, we're already getting towards the end here, and I'm just so grateful you're on here sharing your experience and your journey of how you got to this place that you're doing the work that you're doing today. So before we go, what are some resources that people can reference and, and get them started on this path of presence? Great. Um, my website is full of resources. It's um, yaoconsulting.com, so Y-A-O-consulting.com. And on there, you'll see a whole leadership corner, and there'll be resources there. I actually have a couple of audios. Um, one is a very quick stop-and-drop-in exercise that once you hear it a couple times, you can do it repeatedly throughout your day. And then there's also a body scan. I have both books available and uh, uh, blogs and memes and uh, special reports and all sorts of things, all designed to help you remember your natural state of presence. That's yaoconsulting.com. Correct. Right. Fantastic. Hey, I'm just curious. Well, I'm curious. What's what's a book that you're reading right now, or what are you doing to keep yourself fresh? I oh, I'm obsessed with um, sound work, and it's a I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but this idea of listening, and I'm actually um, being trained on using um, singing bowls uh, as a way of helping people move through their patterns. So I'm learn I'm reading a ton of books on the science around sound. Well, then I'm going to have the, I'm going to book you on a show pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm really obsessed with it right now in a beautiful, inspired way. 
I'm loving it. Well, we'll we'll have to talk about that. Well, we're we're at the end of the show, Sarah. Thanks so much. Now, for the listening audience, a preview for next week. I'm joined by the best-selling author Mark Crowley, and what we're going to talk about is lead from the heart, transformational leadership for the 21st century. So, for all of you out there, if you have a topic or a guest that you feel could add more to the conversation, please feel free to log on to my website or send me an email at mwolsey at Transformational Energy Leadership. Would love to hear from you. Until next week, harness your positive energy and lead that transformation. Talk with you then. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Transformational Energy Leadership. Please join Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey again for another edition next Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week.